The lights are looking sick. The band sounds great. Amazing. If you don't know me, I'm Will. I guess you all do know me. Now then, my intro's gone a bit because I can't see anyone that I don't know, like, on some sort of level. But I'm Will. I'm 21. I'm married. I'm married. Thank you. To her, Naomi. <laughs> yes, please, yeah. Um, Naomi is like the nicest woman on the planet. We've been dating for nearly eight years, and then we got married in May, uh, and it was like the best time ever. I loved it. We went to Cyprus. Thought it would be too hot. It was all right, though. I was going to press this, otherwise I can jab. Oh, no, it's already going for me. I, I, I could just jab her on. But anyway, how's are you all right? Everyone all right? Awesome. You know, last week, Ed talked about, um, we're doing this series called Future Past, and like, I made that on the screen. It, I did it with a thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. It was a lot more responsive. It helps. Um, <laughs> but that's a snake, and that was for Ed's uh, preach last week. And you know, Ed had a video on the screen, and he was talking about fear and courage. You know, this week I'm talking about love and hate. Okay, uh, and this is a really funny one. Well, not funny one. It's a fun one. Um, I mean, it can be funny, right? Who knows that on the internet there's a lot of hate. Who are the people that post hate on YouTube videos in here? Right, Naomi, you do not. You do not. And if you don't know, I'm 21 and I am a designer of logos. Shh, wait a minute, let me explain. I'm a designer of logos and I also post videos online. So in my job description at the minute, I've, I've been talking to people, I don't know how to describe myself, but like I would say as of like a week ago, I started calling myself more of a YouTuber now. So the, I don't want to sound arrogant, but that's, that's what I do in my time. I'm quite, I'm quite a hobbyist of YouTube, and that's how I make my living. And from what I've learned is that you're not going to please everyone. Like over the past two years of doing it, as my channel's grown, and as I, I got uh, more views of people, I realized that people, people really hate on me sometimes. And like, yeah, I was, what I was planning to do, right, it's sort of ruined now, because um, I was like, what would be really funny to talk about hate? So I was going to do that thing where they post hate comments on the channel, you know. I was trying to do that, but every single one of them had like a swear word in it, or it said something really bad about me for no reason, and it was just complete hate. And I wanted to put it on the channel, uh, not on the channel, on the screen over there for you to see. But you just got to take my word for it. <laughs> it's sometimes... There's a lot of hate on the channel, but I get more love than hate because, like, you know, people, I'm giving people free things technically on the channel. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Everyone give Tom a round of applause. He loves it. But, so I, I post these videos and I get a lot of hate. And then I also, like, I posted this thing on Instagram, like, a, a week ago. And I was, like, quite proud of it. But it's a bit different, right? So, you know, when you keep posting stuff online, people will follow you at the, for the right things, like, for the things that they expect to see. So I put out something that I liked that I thought everyone else would like. You know, my Instagram's just full of, like, drawings, and people just kept on going, oh, I've seen better. No, this is rubbish, or unfollowing, or unsubscribing, or anything like this. And then people would give horrible comments, which I'll just totally delete straight away. Uh, and that's the hate. But then I get a lot of love comments as well. And what I'm talking to you tonight is I'm, I'm not here to get you guys to stop hating on people online. That's not my job. Uh, you should do that anyway. You should not hate people online, but you should encourage people. But my time here with you in the next 10, 12 minutes, however long, could be longer, depends how the spirit goes. Uh, <laughs> then my time with you now isn't to sort of be pleading with you, 
of, please, can you stop being nasty to people and stop hating on people and start loving people? That's not my plea with you. I, I can identify that as in, like, sometimes we're all a bit hateful and nasty to people. Maybe not hateful. Hate's a strong word. Um, but sometimes we're quite nasty to people, and sometimes we, we feel a genuine hate. But my job here tonight is I want to sort of reveal to you a love that you've never seen before. A love that is totally unmanageable, imaginable, unimaginable. A love that is so satisfied that you'll only need that one thing for your whole life, and that will sort you out. That love is only found in one man, okay? And tonight, I'm going to start off by, by talking about a story in the Bible, and I don't know how I got to it. I was like, where in the Bible is there, like, hate and malice? And it's in Genesis 4. So the story is, it's about a guy, two guys, two brothers, twins, whatever, called Cain and Abel, right? They are brothers, and the people who gave birth to them were Adam and Eve. So basically, Adam and Eve's sons and sons. Yeah, that's the one. And this is a record account. I want you to know, uh, before I start anything on here, that this, this book here, this Bible, isn't just a book full of rules. It's not just a fictional book full of things like fairy tales. It is true. It's alive, and it's, everything about it is right. It's true and right. And you may be thinking, well, Will, this means you think stoning people is right. I don't. You can talk to me about that later. But I'm going to tell you a story straight from the start of uh, Genesis 4. And it's about Cain and Abel. So basically the back story is we have Adam and Eve. They did that thing where you have babies. So they've got babies now. Uh, and Cain and Abel's grown up. And one of them's a farmer. And one of them's like, well, they're both farmers, I think. But one works with sheep. And one works with the ground so to make crops and stuff. And it goes here in Genesis 4. Adam made love to his wife Eve, obviously, and she became pregnant, obviously, and gave birth, obviously, to Cain. Uh, she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. I always work out, like, well, wonder how long is later on, but that's just me. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked with soil. In the course of time, Cain brought uh, some of his fruits off the soil, so something like potatoes or whatever it is, <laughs> as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from uh, some of the firstborns in his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and he was his face was downcast. So he was sad, very sad. Then the Lord said to Cain, the Lord is God, everyone, if you don't know. So then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right and you do what is wrong, then what does it say? I've said that wrong. Then sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, oh, this is where it gets interesting. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, if I, uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh, but then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother? This is God, where's your brother? Like, like you didn't already know. And he goes, I don't know. Uh, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said to him, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven out from this ground, which, no, and driven out from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be restless. You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. Now, long story really makes me really tired. I'm dyslexic, so give me a second. Woo! Cain and Abel. 
I can't, Cain killed Abel, is that right? Is that what happened? Cain, yeah, near enough. <laughs> One of them killed each other. And you see, the, this is the first ever account in the Bible. So account, not a story, but an account, a report, that someone's killed someone, murder. So premeditatively killed someone, which is murder. And he completely denies it to the person who made him. Completely denies it to everyone else. And this is because of hate. I can go into a load of, like, talks about why Cain did it and all that. But let's just put it, boil it down to jealousy and hate. And that's what it was. Like, that's where murder is driven from. And murder is premeditative, uh, killing someone like you're really angry with them and you want them dead. That's hate. That's how much you have to hate someone. You want to kill them. And you see, with that story in mind, I want, I want to show you in here, in this, in this book, that Jesus isn't hateful. Like, to us Christians, that sounds really, like, you know, obviously. And, like, to some of you guys, it's sort of like, well, yeah, I know. Jesus was this floating hippie. Like, he used to just float about on the ground like one of those swagway things. And he used to just go around touching people. And that's not what it was like at all. Jesus was God on earth. And you see, in the Bible, you may have not read it, but I'm holding it a lot tonight. I even drew on it for you. It says future, future past sort of thing. There you go. There you are. But the Bible isn't just this book of rules, right? You, you may read, oh, I'll have to read the Bible. Oh, this Bible's boring. I swear I've read it somewhere. And all it did was tell me what to do, what not to do. Well, you're wrong. Well, I mean, you are wrong and you are right a little bit because it loves you. The Bible is a good book. But this book isn't just a book of rules. It's not an instruction manual for life. It's not just a manual. I've heard a lot of people saying it's like a manual. If something goes wrong in your life, just flick it open. You'll find it somewhere. You'll find a problem. Like, what if something really went wrong in my life? I don't know how to fix this broken relationship, whatever. I can't read into Leviticus 1 and find out how. But, um, no, this book isn't just his manual. This is the biggest love story on the planet. This is the greatest book that has ever been written. You know, it says that this is the inspired word of God, which that means... That men have written this down. You might be like, yeah, well, if it's a book from God, like men wrote it down like. And I'm like, yeah, I know he did. Men wrote it down. But God, through the men, wrote this book down. And what we see, or the biggest misconception that we get, is that this book is just designed to tell us what to do. But when we read it in the Old Testament, if you don't know, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The New Testament was when Jesus, our Savior, was born. And... In the Old Testament, you might be like, well, nothing really happens here. It's just a full of stories that don't make sense. Well, let me tell you this. In short, the Old Testament is always pointing towards Jesus. That, that is it. I need everyone to be responsive to me because, like, it seems like you don't get me. Everyone on the front row, thank you. Um, oh, I haven't said anything yet. Hold your clap. Hold your clap. What I want to say is that this book is a love story. Everything from in here is true and relevant. And let me tell you this. Jesus is on every page. You know, this book was written, don't know how many years ago, but a few, fair few years ago, like a thousand years before Jesus was born, wherever. Genesis was born, no, written a thousand years or whatever before Jesus was born. And you know, the whole idea of this book is to point towards Jesus. Have you ever thought about this idea that Jesus um, was in every single page, like in every story? Have you ever heard of David and Goliath? You probably have. That is signifying to Jesus. And that is showing that Jesus is David, not actually David. Jesus wasn't actually David who had the slingshot. But what Jesus was, it was signified in that, that David, this man who no one would think that could defeat a giant, no one who could think that he didn't have to wear armor, he just had a slingshot, could ever take down this mammoth guy that was huge. 
Jesus was the guy that seemed insignificant, seemed like he was just a nobody, a carpenter that was 30 years old, ready to pop, some would say. But no, Jesus is on every single page, and he is the person that the Bible points to. And you see, when it comes to love and hate, like obviously you guys know that Christians are meant to love. And there's a funny story, like I saw it on TV. Some guy was like a, like, was a Christian com- com- comic, Christian comedian, that's the one. And um, he got really annoyed at one of these hecklers in his crowd. And then uh, at some point, they both met. And um, the heckler wasn't Christian. And uh, the Christian comedian was like, I, I could really like, hit you right now. And the guy went, what are you going to do? Forgive me. Uh, for Christians, that's funny if you get it. Um, <laughs> Nino, <laughs> the Titanic. Okay, I'll get serious now. That's me. What I'm saying is, is that this book is all to do with love. Um, you guys have been brought up in a generation where you know the internet. The internet's always there. We've never seen so much hate. We see in, in the world now, there's so much anonymous hate. Alex, where are you? Come up and play me the piano. I need it now. I, I just feel like I need the piano. Everyone give Alex a round of applause. <laughs> Very impromptu. Um, but this Bible and everything that you got, sorry, everything you know at the minute has got some strand of hate towards it, whether it's a YouTube channel that you know, whether it's, uh, uh, what is it, what are they called, a celebrity. If you know them, they've got some strand of negativity towards it. And negativity, I don't think is is hate. Uh, Hate is like this, it's a feeling inside. And you know, us as Christians, if you're a Christian here tonight, and you know Jesus, you may be thinking, yeah, well, I don't hate people. And that's good, you don't hate people. But I'm saying is that, are you making the world like you more than are you ever focusing on God loving you? Do you get my drift? I could easily stop being here tonight, right? And go out with my mates if I had any. Like, I could actually have some friends to go out with on a Friday night, right? If I wasn't here with you guys. And that's because I want, like, that's just a side of me that goes, oh, I want to be loved. I want, no, I want to be liked. Because in reality, there's, there's a quote, and the quote is, uh, better to be loved than liked and the Bible tells us that Jesus in the Bible says that you will be hated and he goes you will be hated because they don't understand but take heart they hated me first and the reason behind this is that have you ever heard of you know ISIS right okay let's just get into it you know ISIS they're, yeah, they're, I'm not going to start anything here but what I'm saying is is that they're so full of hate it says in the Bible that if you are a Christian and you love Jesus, you will be hated on. But when I was at school and I became a Christian, people hated me for it. And like, I don't mean negative comments. I got beaten up and put in hospital many a time. Like, literally, I was walking home from Elevate once. I got decked in by this random dude who's like, you know, not twice my age, but he was quite a bit older than me. And that was down in the police station to me being a Christian and coming out of a church. And I think I said something on the night like what I'm doing now. And the, the idea of Christian I think is such a it's such a thing now where we are yeah, I'm going to change my life but then we never really read the Bible passages or what Jesus said which is you will be hated and he goes if you truly believe me if you're truly following me you will be hated I can't find the verse for you it's somewhere in John or Luke or Matthew one of them what but Jesus says you will be hated he's not he's saying if you join me you might be or whatever no he says you will you will be hated and hate will come your way. But my main concern isn't that. Again, like, if you know me, when I speak on this stage or whatever, whatever stage I'll ever go to, 
you'll know that I'll always preach one message, right? And that one message is the gospel. That means the good news. Now let me tell you some good news. When you're here, you, you may be like, yeah, I come here for the banter, the food games, it's disgusting, but hella funny, right? And I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that you're here. I love that you guys come. I love that I get to know you guys. You know, when I was your age, I wasn't a Christian. Well, I was. Not really, though. I didn't act like it. But when I was your age, I was a Christian. And I just remember this burning passion to see people coming to know Jesus. You know, I was over there when I was like 11, 12 or whatever. And I, I, I didn't know what to believe. I used to come in here, like, stand off my mind and just be, like, sitting and chilling at the back because I thought, like, the music was pretty cool. I'd sit and chill. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, because people worship me down here, but I was like, Jesus, if you're real, take away my worry. You see, I was masking worry. And uh, what Jesus did is he exchanged my worry for love. He, he completely took the worry off me. And I could tell you now that I've never worried since. That, that would be a lie. But the anxiety that held me down, this certain, it was, a, it was actually an anxiety about my future. Like this worry about where I'm going to go. Like this worry of like, I don't know whether I'm going to get any GCSE results. What am I going to do after that? But he took that away from me. I invited him in and he took it. Now let me tell you this. The Bible here, again, is a love story. It starts off like this. God, and in Genesis to Revelation, God in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formed, voidless, whatever you want to call it, there was out there. And it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters like that. It was just hovering over. Really weird. And then, it says something about letting there be lights, I think. I think that's the order. Now, if you know me, I don't get any names or orders right. But he did create light, I know, because I can see. And then God said at some point at one of the end of the days that it is good. And he did this until he created man. And he created a guy called Adam. And Adam was perfect. We were in perfection. God says it's not good for man to be alone. So God made uh, Eve so he can get jiggy and, yeah, make babies. And God says, go forth and populate. But the great thing is, is that God would literally go to earth and he would be walking around with them. It says that God would walk with them. Right? And this is like crazy. And let me tell you this. this is, you would never believe it, right? But God was on earth walking with them. But let me just backtrack to when um, they were created. In, in Genesis, when God uh, said, let us create man in our image so they can be like us. That's what God said. He said, he said us because of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you see? And God says, let us create man in our image to be like us so they can create, so they can love and sort of understand me, kind of. And then they did that. They've obviously, you know, gone and populated a little bit. And God says, you can have anything in this garden apart from this tree. If you eat of this tree, you'll die. And one day, I don't understand why, don't ask me, but like Eve was around somewhere in Eden, wherever that was. <laughs> Eve was hungry. I just spat on your Tom, bless you. Uh, Eve was hungry. That's a great thing you can spit and you see it like. But um, Eve was hungry, I guess. And the serpent or the devil came, the tempter, the person who would accuse her and lie about things to her. And he, and the devil said, is it true that you must not eat of that tree? And Eve said, yes, because if I eat of that tree, I will die. 
God said, I'll die. And the devil says this. Now, he goes, you surely won't die. But you will become like God, knowing good and evil. See that? If we backtrack again to when I said, let us make them in our image, to be like us. You see that when Adam and Eve were created, they were to be like us. God, not us. To be like God, nothing like us. And the devil comes, and imagine this. The world comes to you, and the world's saying, yeah, really? Really? Did God actually create you to be like that? Has God actually made you? Has God, there's a niggling feeling in our minds, isn't there, of, oh, really? Like, have you ever sat up at night? Here's a cool joke. A dyslexic sat up at night wondering whether there's a dog or not. Uh, it just popped to mind, Holy Spirit, all that. I'm dyslexic, so it's okay, I can say. Um, if you've ever sat up at night, sorry. If you've ever sat up at night wondering whether there's a God or not. There's always that niggling feeling of, yes, there has to be. And no. Because why? Why? And you know why I believe the world does it points its question to you. Not just the world, but the devil himself. If there's a God, there's a devil. And he says, really? Do you really believe that God loves you? Do you really believe that you were created so finely that the tips of your fingers were formed like those little, what are they called, fingerprints? <laughs> and your hair was counted before the stars were made. Do you really believe that the God of all the universe actually placed, as you said tonight, Emily, that God placed the stars in the sky and he knows them by name, that he can actually amass the whole universe with two fingers like that? And the devil goes, do you actually believe that? And then what we sometimes do is we go, oh, well, I better eat the tree then. For some reason, you might be a bit hungry. Well, you know, tonight there is people in here, and as I said at the start, I'm not here to persuade you to stop hating people. So I believe when you see Jesus for who he is and see how amazing he is and how disgusting you really are, then you will just by coincidence, or not coincidence, but by chance, stop hating on people. You know, tonight, if you, when you're here, you may be feeling something different. Like I know there's people in here that feel things different every week and they come in and they say oh well I don't want to like, you know, put my hand up or anything because that's a bit awkward everyone's going to look at me and laugh well they can laugh all they want but tonight we're going to be doing like a little response for you and we're going to give you the chance to experience a love that you'll never experience before and now here's the good news like, the Bible is called the good news I'll show up in a minute but the Bible is called the good news uh, and this whole message that we bring here you know all these lights all like Alex playing the keyboard really nicely, the drums, the guitars, all this isn't just to make it look pretty. All this is literally to show how amazing God is. It is to show you guys, look, not only does like God care about your life and like the, the things like in Africa of children starving and lice is going on, but he cares about you in this small town. He cares about you and he cares about whether you know you love him or not. And he wants to know you more. Let me tell you this, he wants you to know him more. You know, in a minute, I'm going to offer anyone whatsoever to meet me upstairs. And all we're going to do is chill out. It can be as many people as you want. Invite your friends, text them. It can be as many people up there. And what's going to happen up there is we're going to pray for you, which means we're just going to be nothing spooky. Just pray. And when that happens, we're just going to pray the salvation prayer, which means that we want to say, Jesus thank you for what you did to me on that cross and I haven't even gone into the cross tonight which is strange 
thank you for what you did to me at the cross and you died for me. I want to, I want to um, accept you into my life. So I'm going to pass over to Ed, and Ed's going to say something uh, really quickly for a second. Okay, guys, just off the back of what Will said there, just um, you know, if you want to go upstairs in in a minute, and if you if you want to become a Christian, maybe for um, you know, maybe it's something that you've thought about, maybe it's something that you've never thought about. But you know, if if you if you want to if you want God in your life, Will will tell you it's the best decision you, decision you can ever make. But I know that there's people in this room who, when we talk about love and we talk about hate, I think some of you. I believe that God's told me to say this, and some of you need to start to love yourself. I think that there's people in this room who really hate themselves. They 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 hate that they're not who they wish they were, or, or they hate that they're not their friend, and that or they 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 hate the things they've done. They hate the way that people have been towards them. And you know, if if that is you, then. I think Will would love to see you upstairs as well tonight because you know we you know it's not just about becoming a Christian but it's walking as a Christian and maybe some of you have already done that and you said but I still cannot get past this. I still need to forgive myself. I still need to be loved. I still need to know that I am loved.